Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we're on Season 2, Episode 24, To Catch a Neighbor. This episode originally aired on May 2nd of 1987. So what other interesting historical events have occurred on May the 2nd? Well, in 1497, John Cabot's expedition departs Bristol searching for new lands across the Atlantic Ocean. In 1780, William Herschel discovers the first binary star, Z Ursi Majoris. In 1927, the United States Supreme Court case Buck v. Bell, in which the Supreme Court rules that forced sterilization of various, quote, unfits is allowed at state's discretion where such surgeries are practiced for eugenic reasons. In 1929, jazz singer Billie Holiday, then at the age of 14, and her mother are arrested for prostitution following a raid of a brothel in Harlem. In 1988, Jackson Pollock's painting Search is sold for $4.8 million. In 2012, a pastel version of The Scream by Edvard Munch is sold at auction for $119.9 million. And our most recent event on May 2nd, 2018, new research shows that plants, quote, talk to each other through their roots and the soil in a study on corn published in the journal PLOS One. That is our history lesson for today. So what occurred in this crime-tastic edition of the Golden Girls? Okay. We start in the living room. There's a number of people there. We don't know who they all are at this point. And Rose offers more coffee, but the offer is turned down as we learn Rod McDowell and his wife Martha McDowell say they've had enough and must go. They leave, and Blanche welcomes them to the neighborhood as they leave. Ah, Dorothy thinks that Sophia rushed them out of the house and can't believe she did that. Sophia says she didn't rush them. It took them two hours to eat pasta and a salad. Wow. They discuss a while, and Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche take trays to the kitchen and continue discussing the McDowells and new neighbors in general. Rose says back home she used to run the town's Volcom wagon. Whenever a new family would move to St. Olaf, they'd hop on the tractor and go to the new neighbor's farm, 30 or 40 of them carrying vats of smoked fish and big pitchers of freshly squeezed potato juice. Yes. While Cousin Dat played Getting to Know You through the hole in his windpipe. The doorbell rings. So Sophia will answer it. She opens the door and a gentleman is there and says that she shouldn't open the door without asking who it is. So she shuts the door and asks, who is it? He answers, Detective Mullins, Miami PD. Ah, uh, Sophia leaves the door yeah, without opening it, Dorothy comes over, opens it, and lets them in and says they have to excuse Sophia, as she just found out 
the bad news that she has the same hairdresser as Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, Detective Mullins introduces his associate, Bobby Hopkins. Blanche introduces herself and Rose and Dorothy. Blanche says they, Rose and Dorothy, are innocent, and she is not. Detective Mullins tells Bobby not to write that down as it was just a come on. And Detective Mullins would like to ask the girl some questions. Blanche says, of course. She is single, and she is free on Saturday night, and she can arch her back until her head touches her heels. Ah, uh, Bobby wants to write that one down. Yes. Detective Mullins wants to ask them about their new neighbors, the McDowells. Bobby says they are not. They are not who you think they are. And Rose says, you mean we invited the wrong people to dinner? And Detective Mullins says that the McDowells are dealers in stolen gems. Ah, uh, he adds that they think the McDowells will be making a major move in the next 72 hours. So he wants to set up shop there in the house for the next few days. Blanche says, of course they can do that, and they can both stay in her room. Yes, of course. And Dorothy isn't so quick, though. She wants them to do their work from a van, like real police on TV. Yes, Detective Mullins would like their cooperation, but they have every right to say no. Dorothy immediately says no. And Blanche thinks the girls need to talk about it, and they exit to the kitchen. In the kitchen, we get Sophia, Dorothy, and Rose sitting at the table while Blanche stands and starts talking and saying they must do this as it is their duty as Americans. Dorothy says she doesn't know about having two policemen living in their house. Blanche says, what is the problem? Once you strip away the gruff exterior, the badge, the gun, and uniform, and Dorothy quickly adds, you get a naked policeman. Ah, which is what Blanche wants, of course. Rose tries to add her two cents worth, saying that if they can help the police, they should. The police have had a hard enough job as it is, and she should know her father was a policeman. <clears throat> yeah, tough life for him, apparently. But Dorothy thought her father was a farmer. And, well, yes, he was on the weekdays, but Saturday and Sunday he and the other farmers became volunteer policemen. But, of course, the only crime in St. Olaf was that more people did not practice better oral hygiene. Most of the time, they just sat around the jailhouse and took pictures of each other behind the bars in goofy poses. Uh, Sophia votes no, and Dorothy agrees no. Dorothy doesn't think they should get involved in something that might be dangerous. And Blanche says if it was going to be dangerous, they wouldn't let these girls get involved, and Rose thinks that is right. And besides, if something does happen, they have the police right there with them. And that makes Dorothy change her mind, so it is settled. The girls head back out to the living room, and Blanche tells Detective Mullins that they decided that the officers can use the house. They appreciate it very much, and we'll be back tomorrow to set up. They will just need a bedroom and a bathroom, and they'll use the kitchen as their base of operations. Sophia says that is fine. The girls will just cook in the fireplace and pee in the broom closet. Ah, the scene ends as the three younger girls just stare at Sophia in amazement, as we all did. In the kitchen, we have Detective Mullins, Al, 
sitting at the table with some equipment and headphones on. Sophia's on the other side of the table and trying to get his attention. She wiggles the headphone wires. When he notices her, she asks if he liked the pasta. He says it was okay, and he isn't all that crazy about Italian food. Ah, Sophia says it is a good thing he carries a gun. Yeah, he takes off his earphones again and says, excuse me? And Sophia says, the last three days with you have really been fun. Uh, so they have been there for three days already, believe it or not. Blanche comes in and asks if Al has heard anything on the wiretap yet. Of course, he doesn't answer, and Sophia tells her to save her breath as he can't hear a thing with those earphones on. So Sophia shows her what she means by saying, watch this. I've been entertaining myself all afternoon. Sophia then says, hey, you dumb your face looks like the rear end of a donkey. Al kind of weighs his coffee cup at Sophia and smiles. Sophia says this kills her and wants Blanche to give it a try. Blanche won't do it, and she doesn't think Sophia should be doing it as he is practically Dorothy's boyfriend. Oh, there's a shocker. Sophia says, what? They fight all the time. And Blanche says, very passionate fights. Dorothy comes in and says she doesn't believe this and says, hey, Dick Tracy. And he answers, what is your problem now? She asked him to move that equipment someplace where it would not be in the way. He said he would try and he tried. There was no other place for it. Dorothy then adds, would you also try to remember to put the toilet seat, uh, put down the toilet seat after you use it? Yeah, Sophia says that was her. She was experimenting with something new and it didn't work out. Okay, Sophia leaves. Blanche tells Dorothy that he is just trying to do his job. It can't be very pleasant for him either. Without taking his headphones off, he says that, as far as stakeouts go, it's pretty nice here. And Blanche says, hey, I thought you couldn't hear with those on, those uh, headphones on. Yes, he says he does that for Sophia. It seems she gets a big kick out of calling him names, so he lets her. All righty. Rose comes in through the laundry room door, exclaiming that she saw the McDowell's at the store. Luckily, they didn't see her, so she followed them through the store, <clears throat> and she wrote down everything they bought. She gives the list to, to Detective Mullins, and he asks why, and of course it is for evidence. Dorothy says they steal jewels, not Gino's pizza rolls. Detective Mullins wants them to realize that the McDowell's are dangerous. He wants the girls to leave the police work to the police. Al's associate comes into the kitchen asking Al if he is ready for a break. He is. Yeah, he's going to the backyard to get some fresh air. He kind of friendly slaps Dorothy on the arm and says, Come on, Dottie. This gets under Dorothy's skin somewhat. And she says, If you want me to do you a favor, ask me. This does not seem like a new boyfriend-girlfriend situation to me. They talk a bit back and forth, and he finally asks, Who are you, Lady Die? Dorothy says, Do her a favor and join the bomb squad. They exit, but Dorothy does hold Blanche's hand and says she is crazy for this guy. Uh, the next scene, Rose is on the couch, reading some kind of collectibles magazine. I couldn't tell the complete title. And the doorbell rings. Rose answers it. And it is Mrs. McDowell. She enters and Rose can't seem to speak, but she does squeak. Martha continues talking. Rose continues squeaking. Finally, Dorothy and Blanche enter the area. Mrs. McDowell wants to know why everybody is staring at her. 
And Blanche quickly says that her handbag doesn't match her shoes. Yes. Quick thinking there on Blanche's part. Uh, and Dorothy adds that they are a very fashion-conscious neighborhood. She invites them all to dinner tomorrow, and Rose squeaks again. The two policemen come in from the kitchen. Yes, Mrs. McDowell introduces herself to them. Sophia comes in and smooth as silk, says, Hi, Martha. You've met my son Alfonso and my grandson Bobby. They are there from New York on a fishing trip, but all they've caught is a cold. Yeah, Martha decides to leave, but wants them to let her know about the dinner invitation for tomorrow night. Bobby thinks having them invited for dinner can break the case wide open. Dorothy wants to know what they are thinking. Bobby thinks they could plant a bug as they are not getting anything on the phone. They're just too smart, those McDowells. Rose wants to be the plant, but Dorothy tells her she does not do very well under pressure. And yes, we just saw that at the door. Dorothy continues saying, remember that time in the coffee shop when you didn't have enough money? She ran into the ladies' room and tried to climb out through the skylight. But Rose says that doesn't happen anymore since she switched to decaf. Uh, Blanche can't do it as she plans on showing cleavage. And Dorothy thinks if anybody is going to do it, it should be her. She is the best under pressure and she bears a striking resemblance to Barnaby Jones. Ah, uh, now we are seeing Sophia and Dorothy in bed. Dorothy has been tossing and turning all night. They talk about the commandments and why there isn't one for lying. Sophia says it is four o'clock. Dorothy is, of course, worried about tomorrow and her mission. Sophia says for 50 years, Dorothy has come to her with her problems. Who should I take to the prom? Where should I go to college? Should I marry Stan? Those were things that Sophia could help her with. But should I go on this mission is out of her area of expertise. She is not Oliver North. They talk about landing owl. Sophia has a story. Picture this. Sicily, August 1908. Oh, no, that is not it. But if you ever need a story about jealousy, that is the one. Now she remembers Havana, 1957. No, she was never in a Havana. She met Brooklyn, 1958. No, that's not it. She is dry. She is nothing. Dorothy tells her it is all right, but so Sophia says it is not. She feels like Tommy Lasorda should be standing by the bed waving to the bullpen. Yes, instead of a story, would Dorothy settle for a wise, a very wise observation? Yes, of course she will. Al is a nice guy. If you want him, you should go for him. That's pretty wise, and that's it. Now we're back in the living room with Dorothy Rose and Blanche sitting on the couch. Rose says, it is a shame they have to go to the McDowell's tonight and plant that transmitter as a great movie is on that night in cold blood. It's about this innocent family that is brutally murdered. Uh, Dorothy asks to see the TV guide and Dorothy gives it to her and Rose gives it to her and Dorothy promptly hits Rose on the head with it. Uh-oh, that's our first of these and the audience goes crazy and Rose has a very stern look for Dorothy. They talk about how nervous they are going to be at the McDowell's, the officers come in and want to go over the plan one more time. Here's a big plan. Rose starts. At 1,800 hours, they enter the suspect's domicile. At 1,830 hours, they sit down for dinner. After wine is poured at a 
approximately 1840 hours, Rose starts telling the story about Uncle Hurtis and the three skunks in the fountain, which should last about, uh, Dorothy quickly adds, uh, yeah, 1900 hours. Lau gives Dorothy the transmitter and wants her to keep it in her hand and with one quick movement, place it under the table. That is all there is to it. Bobby wants to know if there are any other questions. There are none. So the girls are ready. And Sophia comes out of the kitchen ready to go. She needs to go because if the others get in trouble, they will need somebody with experience. And she has tons of it. She's lived through two world wars, 15 vendettas, four operations, and two Darrens on Bewitched. Yes, she is going. She is hungry. Let's row, Dan-O. That's what she says, and that's a Hawaii 5.0 reference. In the kitchen, Bobby, listening through headphones, says that is the front door closing. The ladies are out of the house, and the transmitter is working perfectly, clear as a bell. All four girls come through the laundry room door talking. Al congratulates them on a great job. They talk about the excitement they had. It is probably the most fun Blanche has ever had while standing up. Rose is actually listening on the earphones when she takes them off and says, they keep talking about that noodle head in the red dress. Could that be code? And yeah, we see Rose is wearing a red dress there. Al says they will probably get enough stuff in the next few hours to get warrants and probably be out of the house by tomorrow afternoon. Sophia is beat. She is going to bed, so is Rose and Blanche and even Bobby. So Al and Dorothy are all alone. Al thanks Dorothy for doing a great job and he also wants to say it took guts. He also wants to ask her out uh, per Sophia listening through the door. Yes, she has her own listening equipment, she says. Now in Bobby's room, he is on the bed when there is a knock at the door. It is Blanche with some extra towels. Bobby thanks Blanche for the past few days. She says he doesn't have to thank her. She has enjoyed doing things. And besides, he reminds her of his son, Matthew, of her son, Matthew, except he doesn't carry a gun. They discuss Bobby being a police officer and his mother isn't thrilled with it. And Blanche worries about Matthew enough and he is just a CPA. Bobby says his mother lives in Oregon and he doesn't get a home-cooked meal very often. Would it be okay if he stopped by every now and then for one? And Blanche says, of course it would be. Though, of course, we never see him again. And Blanche leaves. In the kitchen, we see Al drinking coffee and listening on the headphones. He hears something important and moves quickly. Grabs his coat, goes into the living room and yells, Bobby, let's go. The exchange is going down. Move it. Oh, Bobby comes out putting on his gun. And the girls enter asking, what is going on? Al tells them it could be dangerous and to get on the floor and stay there. Bobby and Al leave through the front door. All four girls sit on the front in front of the couch. Or sit on the floor in front of the couch. They are scared. Yes, Rose hears a noise and apparently Sophia passed gas. And thanks her for calling it to everyone's attention. Uh, another big laugh from the audience. We hear gunshots. Dorothy wants to check on the guys, but they force her to sit there. Al comes through the front door running. He goes to the phone. He needs an ambulance at the stakeout. His partner's been shot. He hangs up and leaves. Ah, the next scene, we are at the Biscayne General Hospital. Bobby in bed with his left arm in a sling. He tells them, yeah, all four girls are around his bed. It was just a shoulder wound. He actually passed out, but he did it calmly. Sophia says he was stupid. Even in Sicily, they know to duck a bullet. They learned that before they could pass kindergarten. 
Rose says in St. Olaf, they just had to promise not to eat paste to pass kindergarten. <laughs> Al enters with a wheelchair. Al says the DA will put away the McDowell's for a long time. Bobby gets in the wheelchair and him and Rose and Blanche and Sophia all leave the room to go to the sun deck. Al then asks Dorothy out because he really wants to see her again, and Dorothy really wants to see him again, but she can't. She doesn't want to get serious with somebody that could get hurt any time they go out. He understands it isn't the first time he's heard it. And this episode ends with Sophia coming back into the room and trying to set Dorothy up with a Dr. Tandy. Well, uh, there were a few cultural references in this episode. Not very many, though. Uh, a Volcom wagon, as far as I could tell, uh, is actually a thing uh, for once. They actually didn't make up a term. Uh, but as far as I could tell, it's just a horse and cart uh, wagon situation. Not really anything special to it, as far as I could tell. Uh, potato juice, of course, is... Uh, you know, juice squeezed from potato, of course. Uh, and actually, uh, you know, at in recent times, you know, 2017, uh, potato juice has made a comeback as a health food. And here is right now I'm looking at uh, an article from September 21st of 2017 uh, entitled Eight Reasons Why Drinking Raw Potato Juice is the Next Big Thing. Written okay. uh, by uh, by Dr. Natalie Butler. Uh, according to her, uh, it has C vitamins, B vitamins, potassium, iron, calcium, zinc, vitamin K, and antioxidants. All can be found within potato juice, uh, which can all be very helpful uh, for your health, apparently. Uh, the song Getting to Know You, of course, is from which musical? <laughs> Oklahoma. Uh, King and I, close. Oh, the King and I. Rodgers and Hammerstein, you at yes. least got that much, right? Uh, but King and I, the King and I. Yes. Uh, so that is that one. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, of course, an actress uh, who's been nominated for 13 Emmys and is one of the few uh, to have a EGOT uh, in her catalog. Uh, so that is her. Uh, Dick Tracy was a comic strip uh, that featured Dick Tracy, a police detective, that made its debut in October of 1931. Uh, Gino's Pizza Rolls were brought up at some point, and I cannot find uh, any evidence that, the, that this was ever actually a, a product. I cannot find anything that these existed. The only thing I could find was a, a chain restaurant entitled called uh, Gino's Pizza and Spaghetti, uh, which has 40 locations uh uh, most of them within West Virginia, uh, and that and many locations are shared with Two Doors Biscuit World as a, in a combination restaurant location. Uh, so that is the only thing I could find about Geno's or Geno's Pizza or 
anything like that. Uh, Princess Diana, I think we've discussed before a few times, probably. Yes. Uh, Barnaby Jones was a TV detective show uh, in, from the seventies. Oliver North, this was this was bizarre. Um, so <laughs> Oliver North, of course, um, is um, a political figure. Um, who was uh, convicted uh, in the Iran-Contra affair, uh, but was later uh, pardoned by... Reagan? Um, 91, so... 91. I was thinking Bush won, but that would be... Two. I don't know. He was pardoned in 91, uh, according to Wikipedia. Um... And uh, then, let's see, uh, he of course hosted War Stories on Fox News and is the current president of the NRA. Uh, so that is him. Uh, Tommy Lasorda, a baseball pitcher, coach, and manager. Uh, In Cold Blood, the film adaptation, of course, is a film adaptation of Truman Capote's nonfiction novel of the same name. Uh, chronicling uh, Perry Smith and Richard Hickox's uh, murder of a family of four in Holcomb, Kansas. Uh, and that is pretty much, you know, that. Uh, Bewitched was a TV uh, sitcom fantasy series uh, from the 60s mostly about a witch who marries an ordinary mortal man and uh, agrees to lead the life of a typical suburban housewife. Uh, and so that is that. It, la it ran for eight seasons, uh, 254 episodes it ran for. Uh, I have one fashion note from this episode. Dorothy is wearing that strange uh, pinstripe dress that buttons up in the back again. It is just a really... Really bizarre look. Um, side characters. Uh, Rod McDowell has a speaking line, but I cannot find uh, out who played him, so uh, we don't know about that. Uh, Martha McDowell is played by Barbara Tarbuck, uh, best known for her work in uh, the, the rock vehicle Walking Tall, uh, a film called Short Circuit, uh, S. Darko, the uh, sequel to Donnie Darko that no one uh, asked for, uh, and something called Curly Sue. Uh, do, 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 uh, Al Mullins was played by Joseph Campanella, uh, most known for his work on uh, things such as Mannix, One Day at a Time, Hangar 18, and... No Retreat, No Surrender 3, Blood Brothers. I don't know what that is, but he was in that. Uh, he also had a 97-episode run on The Bold and the Beautiful as Jonathan Young. Uh, and then uh, Bobby Hopkins is played by George Clooney. I don't know how they managed this, uh, but... This was probably one of his first acting gigs. I would think so, because he, he was not very good. Um, 
granted, it's hard to be all that great with um, sitcom, 80s sitcom writing. Well, this was not really... Well, um, let's see. Prior to this, he was on uh, Centennial uh, as Young Man Carrying Barrel. Okay. Um, <laughs> he was in uh, And They're Off, Grizzly 2... Riptide Street Hawk. He had been on ER uh, for eight episodes already. Crazy Like a Fox Hotel, Throb, Combat High, The Facts of Life, uh, Hunter, Return to Horror, I, Horror High, Murder She Wrote, and then this. So he had been on. He had been in a few things. A few things, okay. Um, I guess not really any of his big break yet you know he'll be in Roseanne after this uh, for a while uh, well uh, then let's see his appearance on Friends uh, then okay then he finally breaks it there 96 uh, from Dust Till Dawn and then uh, then let's see he appears Batman and then he does South Park and Whatnot. So, okay. Um, nonetheless, so um, that's him in this episode. Uh, no new sex partners as far as I could establish uh, or that I could tell from the dialogue. So our tally stands. Blanche, 33. Dorothy, 6. Rose, 5. Sophia, 1. I have only one additional note. Sophia, um, in that bedroom scene where Sophia discusses the Ten Commandments for a while, uh, Sophia is essentially summarizing a George Carlin bit. Uh, um, here, okay. <laughs> so uh, you know, just for for not really important reference, uh, that's what Sophie is doing there, actually. Huh. Although Carlin's bit uh, is essentially, why are there ten? Oh, it's a nice round number, and then well, really, if we break it down, we can get it this down to three distinct things because half of these are the same. Oh well, okay. He's not quite Sophia's observation not here. Not quite. Uh, that's all I got for this one. Okay, well, some of my observations. Uh, my first kitchen observation. Uh, they use the same tablecloth in this episode as the last one. But on the wall over there by the refrigerator, there, there has been a line of like plastic vegetables that have been hanging on the wall. And now, instead of the vegetables, we have like two washcloths or pot holders hanging there. Um, my next observation, not really an observation, just I know this is a sitcom, so we had to let some things go by. But uh, when the police, you know, they say, yeah, we'll, we're going to stake out in the kitchen. And they'll be back tomorrow to do it. And then we see them in the kitchen, and it's been three days. So they've been there for three days. Mm -hmm. And then Dorothy comes in and says, I I thought I told you to move this stuff out of the way. And it's like, well, you know, if this stuff has been there for three days now, <laughs> that is something you would have said the first day. I don't know. I have a lot of issues with the plot of this episode. Not the third day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is, is what 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 are they running like a counterfeit jewel ring or? Yeah. Uh, well, like what what was it like? Is it that they're like making selling fake jewelry uh, or they're jewel thieves or? 
Uh, yeah, I know it's something with jewels. Well, yeah, I know that much. But... Uh, they're dealers in stolen gems. So they're so they're they're fences, right? So, so they're they... fences, apparently. <laughs> yeah, if they don't apparently steal them. So maybe. So. Okay, so we're tracking down apparently gun-toting jewel sellers who yes. specialize in selling stolen gems. Okay, sure, whatever. Yes, well, they don't want to be caught, so... I mean... Having guns is probably Yeah, normal. sure, 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 yeah. And in Miami, um, it's probably really normal. I guess, but... <laughs> it is the the stolen jewelry market that... Big of a market? I mean well, apparently, yes. And and then then the other thing that's ridiculous. Now you maybe didn't establish it too well because listening through your recap there, so like they the the thieves here, the sellers, whatever, like after this dinner party they have with Rose, like ten minutes later they're having a Exchange like do they really? Is that really their plan? Oh, because you didn't establish how like it does this like it doesn't say how long it was. I mean, they come back. It's hard. I think it's the next day myself. Okay, that would make more sense because the way you were saying that there is like okay, so like because if I recall, when Rose is sitting on on the they're in their night clothes. They're not. Oh, okay. She isn't in her red dress. Okay, they're but also like, like if you're uh like these are really really bad, uh, oh. criminals here. I mean, well, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> they're really bad criminals. So you invite it's your like, neighbors okay, over for dinner. Invite our neighbors over for dinner. Okay, this one is acting really really hokey. Like okay, something's probably up here. <laughs> and then, oh, next day, uh, yeah, we're going to have our big meetup to sell our illegal jewels right here in our home. Right there in the house, yes. With no code to any of this. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rod, you got the stolen diamonds ready to go here? They're coming here in 10 minutes. Yeah, I got them. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing? That's pretty sad. And also, the plan was so complex there, they had to go over it again. And all it was was, okay, Dorothy, have the bugs under the table and put it on mm-hmm. the bottom. You had to re-go over that plan? You know, that, I, I mean, I'm no expert, but, you know, I'm not, you know, like a trained espionage agent or anything, but is that really the, the plan for how to plant a bug just under the dinner table? Like That was their plan. Like, not like hide it in any way, like... Not to hide it. Like, you don't to... think if these are seasoned, experienced yeah. criminals that they would look under the table? After dinner, I think I would, uh, you know, like, hide it in the... I mean, so she's holding it or something in her pocket or something. Uh-huh. It had to have a sticky side on it. Yeah. So, okay, it didn't stick to your pocket. Uh-huh, like, but, just very, very... So, okay, pull it out. Yeah, very, very shoddy... Uh, <laughs> criminal work here. Yeah, that was pretty sad. From I'm the McDowells. Sorry. Very, very sad. And then, of course, yeah, the McDowells are... They were they were very careful on the phone, though, not to say stuff on the phone. Well, that is smart, I but, guess. But 
then you're sitting over the te yeah we're gonna give these away in 30 minutes or or, or I, I guess at the store maybe they took you know be at our house at 9 30 because we have a dinner thing at six mm-hmm so be there at 9 30 or 10 yeah you say that at the store which rose is following them all around so i think rose yeah can. but anyway it's kind of and then you know police officers using a a civilian's home to do their stakeout. I think that's a thing. You know, I I'm don't thinking, know. I would think that's a thing. It's possibly a thing, but to me, you got your recording stuff right out on the kitchen table. Yeah, that just in case, like if they come over, yeah, we need to borrow some sugar. Uh huh. Go back in the kitchen. What's all this? Um, we're practicing our <laughs> DJing skills. Uh, you could have had that stuff in their bedroom. Yeah, or something. Yeah. They could have just been in the bedroom, honestly. Very, very shoddy. But. Crime and. We had uh, to have the fun parts and that. Cop work needed, here. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> so. My counts here, we have one, physical abuse of Rose. She gets the TV guide to the head. We will see more of this in the future. There was one, I only counted one St. Olaf story, the Valkum Wagon. Um, uh, Rose did mention St. Olaf again with her to graduate kindergarten. All you had to do was not eat paste, which I did not count that as a story. Okay. Uh... We had one Sicily Italian reference that was from Sophia, of course, about ducking the bullets. Uh, that is a good lesson. That, that's I guess that shows you the difference between Sicily and Saint Olaf. In kindergarten in Sicily, you have to know duck bullets. Mm-hmm. And Saint Olaf, it's just don't eat paste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big difference. A lot more proactive education in Sicily. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, so our total counts are now four planned, our weddings are planned weddings, five physical abuses of Rose, 12 St. Olaf stories. We got five picture it stories. I did not count one for this one, even though Sophia started three of them, but they, she never really had a story. Eight cheesecakes eaten, five Sicily Italian stories, 21 Sicily Italian references, Nine times the girls have been mad at each other and are moving out. Fifteen different sports, or fifteen times sports were mentioned. Seventeen games, five Stanley Zabornak appearances. I thought this was a pretty good episode with good laughs. If you don't look at the plot too hard, uh, 82 out of 100. Well, I'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps of the Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until the next episode, goodbye.